begin with chapter 2 making of the constitution demand for a constituent assembly it was in 1934 that the idea of a constituent assembly for india was put forward for the first time by m n roy a pioneer of communist movement in india in 1935 the indian national congress for the first time officially demanded a constituent assembly to frame the constitution of india In 1938 Jawaharlal Nehru on behalf of the INC declared that the constitution of free india must be framed without outside interference by a constituent assembly elected on the basis of adult franchise the demand was finally accepted in principle by the british government in what is known as the august offer of 1940 in 1942 So Stafford Cripps a member of the cabinet came to India with a draft proposal of the British government on the framing of an independent constitution to be adopted after the World War II the Cripps proposals were rejected by the Muslim League which wanted India to be divided into two autonomous states with two separate constituent assemblies finally a cabinet mission was sent to India While it rejected the idea of two constituent assemblies it put forth a scheme for the constituent assembly which more or less satisfied the Muslim League now let's look into the composition of the constituent assembly the constituent assembly was constituted in November 1946 under the scheme formulated by the cabinet mission plan the features of the schemes are as follows One, the total strength of the constituent assembly was to be 389. Of these, 296 seats were to be allotted to British India and 93 seats to the princely states. Out of 296 seats allotted to the British India, 292 members were to be drawn from the 11 governors provinces and 4 from the 4 chief commissioners provinces, one from each. 2 each province in princely state or group of states in case of small states were to be allotted seats in proportion to their respective population roughly one seat was to be allotted for every million population third seats allocated to each british province were to be divided among three principal communities namely muslims sikhs and general in brackets all except muslims and sikhs in proportion to their population fourth the representatives of each community were to be elected by the members of that community in the provincial legislative assembly and voting was to be by the method of proportional representation by means of single transferable vote fifth the representatives of the princely states were to be nominated by the heads of the princely states it is thus clear that the constituent assembly was to be a partly elected and partly nominated body moreover the members were to be indirectly elected by the members of the provincial assemblies who themselves were elected on a limited franchise The elections to the Constituent Assembly for 296 seats allotted to the British Indian provinces 
were held in July to August 1946. The Indian National Congress won 208 seats, the Muslim League 73 seats and the small groups and independents got the remaining 15 seats. However, the 93 seats allotted to the princely states were not filled as they decided to stay away from the Constituent Assembly. Although the Constituent Assembly was not directly elected by the people of India on the basis of Adal Franchise, the Assembly comprised representatives of all sections of the Indian society, namely Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, Parsis, Anglo-Indians, Indian Christians, SCs, STs, including women of all these sections. The assembly included all important personalities of India at that time, with the exception of Mahatma Gandhi. Working of the Constituent Assembly The Constituent Assembly held its first meeting on December 9, 1946. The Muslim League boycotted the meeting and insisted on a separate state of Pakistan. The meeting was thus attended by only 211 members. Dr. Sachidananda Sinha, the oldest member, was elected as the temporary president of the assembly following the French practice. Later, Dr. Rajendra Prasad was elected as the president of the assembly. Similarly, both H.C. Mukherjee and V.T. Krishnamachari were elected as the vice presidents of the assembly. In other words, the assembly had two vice presidents. Objectives Resolution On December 13, 1946, Jawaharlal Nehru moved to the Historic Objectives Resolution in the assembly. It laid down the fundamentals and philosophy of the constitutional structure. The resolutions are as follows. 1. This constituent assembly declares its firm and solemn resolve to proclaim India as an independent sovereign republic and to draw up for her future governance a constitution. 2. Wherein the territories that now comprise British India, the territories that now form the Indian states and such other parts of India as are outside India and the states as well as other territories as are willing to be constituted into the independent sovereign India shall be a union of them all. Third, wherein the said territories, whether with their present boundaries or with such others as may be determined by the constituent assembly and thereafter according to the law of constitution. constitution shall possess and retain the status of autonomous units together with residuary powers and exercise all powers and functions of government and administration save and accept such powers and functions as are vested in or assigned to the union or as are inherent or implied in the union or resulting therefrom and fourth wherein all power and authority of the sovereign independent india the constituent parts and organs of government are derived from the people and fifth wherein shall be guaranteed and secured to all the people of india justice social 
economic and political equality of status of opportunity and before the law freedom of thought expression belief faith worship vocation association and action subject to law and public morality and sixth wherein adequate safeguards shall be provided for minorities backward and tribal areas and depressed and other backward classes and seventh whereby shall be maintained the integrity of the territory of the republic and its sovereign rights on land sea and air according to justice and the law of civilized nations and eighth this ancient land attains its rightful and honored place in the world and makes its full and willing contributions to the promotions of world peace and the welfare of mankind this resolution was anonymously adopted by the assembly on january 22 1947 it influenced the eventual shaping of the constitution through all its subsequent stages its modified version forms the preamble of the present constitution now let's look into the changes by the independence act the representatives of the princely states who had stayed away from the constituent assembly gradually joined it on april 28 1947 representatives of the six states were part of the assembly after the acceptance of the mountbatten plan of june 3 1947 for the partition of the country the representatives of most of the other princely states took their seats in the assembly the members of the muslim league from the indian dominion also entered the assembly the indian independence act of 1947 made the following three changes in the position of the assembly one the assembly was made a fully sovereign body which could frame any constitution it pleased the act empowered the assembly to abrogate or alter any law made by the british parliament in relation to india 2 the assembly also became a legislative body in other words two separate functions were assigned to the assembly that is making of the constitution for free india and enacting of ordinary laws for the country these two tasks were to be performed on separate days thus the assembly became the first parliament of free india called dominion legislature whenever the assembly met as the constituent body it was chaired by dr rajendra prasad and when it met as the legislative body it was chaired by gv mavlankar these two functions continued till november 26 1949 when the task of making the constitution was over third the muslim league members hailing from the areas included in the pakistan withdrew from the constituent assembly for india consequently the total strength of the assembly came down to 299 as against 389 originally fixed in 1946 under the cabinet mission plan the strength of the indian provinces formerly british provinces was reduced from 296 to 229 and those of the princely states from 93 to 70 now let's look into other functions performed 
in addition to the making of the constitution and enacting of ordinary laws the constituent assembly also performed the following functions 1 it ratified the india's membership of the commonwealth in may 1949 2 it adopted the national flag on july 22 1947 3 it adopted the national anthem on january 24 1950 it adopted the national song on january 24 1950 it elected dr rajendra prasad as the first president of india on january 24 1950 in all the constituent assembly had 11 sessions over 2 years 11 months and 18 days the constitution makers had gone through the constitutions of about 60 countries and the draft constitution was considered for 114 days the total expenditure incurred on making the constitution amounted to 64 lakh rupees on january 24 1950 the constituent assembly held its final session it however did not end and continued as the provisional parliament of india from january 26 1950 till the formation of new parliament after the first general elections in 1951 to 52 now let's look into the committees of the constituent assembly the constituent assembly appointed a number of committees to deal with different task of constitution making out of these eight were major committees and the others were minor committees the names of these committees and their chairman are given below major committees 1 union powers committee jawaharlal nehru 2 union constitution committee jawaharlal nehru 3 provincial constitution committee sardar patel 4 Drafting Committee Dr B R Ambedkar 5 Advisory Committee on Fundamental Rights Minorities and Tribal and Excluded Areas Sardar Patel This fifth committee had the following five subcommittees A Fundamental Rights Subcommittee J B Kripalani B Minorities Subcommittee H C Mukherjee C Northeast Frontier Tribal Areas and Assam Excluded and Partially Excluded Areas Subcommittee Gopinath Bardoloi D Excluded and Partially Excluded Areas Other Than Those in Assam Subcommittee AV Thakur E Northwest Frontier Tribal Areas Subcommittee The Other Major Committees 6 Rules of Procedure Committee Dr Rajendra Prasad 7 States Committee called Committee for Negotiating with State Jawaharlal Nehru 8 Steering Committee Dr Rajendra Prasad now let's look into the minor committees number 1 Finance and Staff Committee Dr Rajendra Prasad 2 Credentials Committee Aladi Krishnaswamy Iyer 3 House Committee B Patabi Sitaramayya 4 Order of Business Committee Dr K M Munshi 5 Ad Hoc Committee on the National Flag Dr Rajendra Prasad 6 Committee on the Functions of the Constituent Assembly G V Mavlankar 
Seven ad hoc committee on the Supreme Court. Yes, Varadachari, who is not an assembly member. Eight committee on Chief Commissioners Provinces. B. Patabi Sita Ramaya. Nine expert committee on the financial provisions of the Union Constitution. Nalini Rajan Sarkar, who is not an assembly member. Ten linguistic provinces commission. S.K. Dar, not an assembly member. 11. Special Committee to examine the draft constitution. Jawaharlal Nehru. 12. Press Gallery Committee. Usha Nath Sen. 13. Ad Hoc Committee on Citizenship. S. Varadachari, who is not an assembly member. Now let's look into the Drafting Committee. Among all the committees of the Constituent Assembly, the most important committee was the Drafting Committee set up on August 29, 1947. It was this committee that was entrusted with the task of preparing a draft of the new constitution. It consisted of seven members. They were number 1. Dr. B. R. Ambedkar, who is the chairman, number 2. N. Gopalaswamy Ayangar 3. Aladi Krishnaswamy Ayer 4. Dr. K. M. Munshi 5. Sayyid Muhammad Sadullah 6. N. Madhav Rao He replaced B. L. Mitter who resigned due to ill health Number 7. T. T. Krishnamachari He replaced D. P. Khaitan who died in 1948 The drafting committee after taking into consideration the proposals of the various committees, prepared the first draft of the Constitution of India, which was published in February 1948. The people of India were given eight months to discuss the draft and propose amendments. In the light of the public comments, criticisms, and suggestions, the drafting committee prepared a second draft which was published in October 1948. The drafting committee took less than six months to prepare its draft. In all, it sat only for 141 days. Now let's look into the enactment of the constitution. Dr. B. R. Ambedkar introduced the final draft of the constitution in the assembly on November 4, 1948, which was the first reading. The assembly had a general discussion on it for five days till November 9, 1948. The second reading, that is, clause-by-clause consideration, started on November 15, 1948 and ended on October 17, 1949. During this stage, as many as 7,653 amendments were proposed and 2,473 were actually discussed in the assembly. The third reading of the draft started on November 14, 1949. Dr. P. R. Ambedkar moved a motion which was called the Constitution as settled by the assembly be passed. The motion on the draft constitution was declared as passed on November 26, 1949 and received the signatures of the members and the president. Out of a total 299 members of the assembly, only 284 were actually present on that day 
and signed the constitution. This is also the date mentioned in the preamble as the date on which the people of India in the constituent assembly adopted, enacted and gave to themselves this constitution. The constitution as adopted on November 26, 1949 contained a preamble, 395 articles and 8 schedules. The preamble was enacted after the entire constitution was already enacted. Dr. B. R. Ambedkar, the then law minister, piloted the draft constitution in the assembly. He took a very prominent part in the deliberations of the assembly. He was known for his logical, forceful and persuasive arguments on the floor of the assembly. He is recognized as the father of the constitution of India. This brilliant writer, constitutional expert, undisputed leader of the scheduled caste and the chief architect of the constitution of India is also known as a modern Manu. Now let's look into the enforcement of the constitution. Some provisions of the constitution pertaining to citizenship, elections, provisional parliament, temporary and transitional provisions and short title contained in article 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 60, 324, 366, 367, 379, 380, 388, 391, 392, and 393 came into force on November 26, 1949 itself. The remaining provisions, that is the major part of the constitution, came into force on January 26, 1950. This day is referred to in the constitution as the date of its commencement and celebrated as the Republic Day. January 26 was specifically chosen as the date of commencement of the constitution because of its historical importance. It was on this day in 1930 that Purna Day was celebrated following the resolution of the Lahore session on December 1929 of the INC. With the commencement of the constitution, the Indian Independence Act of 1947 and the Government of India Act of 1935 with all enactments amending or supplementing the latter act were repealed. The abolition of Privy Council Jurisdiction Act 1949 was however continued. Now let's look into the Experts Committee of the Congress. While elections to the Constituent Assembly were still in progress, on July 8, 1946, the Congress Party called the Indian National Congress appointed an Experts Committee for the purpose of preparing material for the Constituent Assembly. This committee consisted of the following members. One, Jawaharlal Nehru, who is the chairman. Two, M. Asaf Ali. Three, K. M. Munshi. Four, N. Gopalaswamy Ayengar. Five, K. T. Shah. Six, D. R. Gadgil. Seven, Humayun Kabir. Eight, K. Santanam. Later, on the chairman's proposal, 
it was resolved that Krishna Kripalani be co-opted as the member and convener of the committee. The committee had two sittings, the first at New Delhi from July 20 to 22 on 1946 and the second at Bombay from August 15 to 17 of 1946. Apart from a number of notes prepared by its members, the committee discussed the procedure to be adopted by the Constituent Assembly, the question of the appointment of various committees and the draft of a resolution on the objectives of the Constitution to be moved during the first session of the Constituent Assembly. On the role played by this committee in this making of the constitution, Granville Austin, a British constitutional expert, observed that it was the Congress Experts Committee that set India on the road to her present constitution. The committee members, working within the framework of the cabinet mission scheme, made general suggestions about autonomous areas, the powers of provincial governments and the centre and about such issues as the princely states and the amending power. They also drafted a resolution closely resembling the objectives resolution. Let's look into the criticism of the Constituent Assembly. The critics have criticized the Constituent Assembly on various grounds. These are as follows. 1. Not a representative body. The critics have argued that the Constituent Assembly was not a representative body as its members were not directly elected by the people of India on the basis of universal adult franchise. 2. Not a sovereign body. The critics maintain that the Constituent Assembly was not a sovereign body as it was created by the proposals of the British government. Further, they said that the Assembly held its sessions with the permission of the British government. Third, time-consuming. According to the critics, the Constituent Assembly took unduly long time to make the Constitution. They stated that the framers of the American Constitution took only four months to complete their work. In this context, Naziruddin Ahmed a member of the Constituent Assembly coined a new name for the drafting committee to show his contempt for it. He called it a drifting committee. 4. Dominated by Congress The critics charged that the Constituent Assembly was dominated by the Congress Party. Granville Austin, an American constitutional expert, remarked that the Constituent Assembly was a one-party body in an essentially one-party country. The Assembly was the Congress and the Congress was India. Fifth, Lawyer-Politician Domination It is also maintained by the critics that the Constituent Assembly was dominated by lawyers and politicians. They pointed out that the other sections of the society were not sufficiently represented. This, to them, is the main reason for the bulkiness and complicated language of the Constitution. 6. Dominated by Hindus According to some critics, the Constituent Assembly was a Hindu-dominated body. 
Lord Viscount Simon called it a body of Hindus. Similarly, Winston Churchill commented that the Constituent Assembly represented only one major community in India. Now let's look into the important facts. 1. Elephant was adopted as the symbol of the Constituent Assembly. 2. Sir B. N. Rao was appointed as the constitutional adviser called the legal adviser to the constituent assembly. Third, H. V. R. Iyengar was the secretary to the constituent assembly. Fourth, S. N. Mukherjee was the chief draftsman of the constitution in the constituent assembly. Fifth, Prem Bihari Narayan Raizada was the calligrapher of the Indian constitution. The original constitution was handwritten by him in a flowing italic style. Sixth, the original version was beautified and decorated by artists from Shanti Niketan, including Nandlal Bose and Biohar Ramanohar Sinha. 7. Biohar Ramanohar Sinha illuminated, beautified, and ornamented the original preamble calligraphied by Prem Bihari Narayan Raizada. 8. The calligraphy of the Hindi version of the original constitution was done by Vasant Krishan Vaidya and elegantly decorated and illuminated by Nandlal Bose. Now let's look into the Hindi text of the constitution. Originally, the constitution of India did not make any provision with respect to an authoritative text of the constitution in the Hindi language. Later, a provision in this regard was made by the 58th Constitutional Amendment Act of 1987. This amendment inserted a new Article 394A in the last part of the Constitution, that is, Part 22nd. This article contains the following provisions. 1. The President shall cause to be published under his authority 1. The translation of the constitution in Hindi language The modifications which are necessary to bring it in conformity with the language, style and terminology adopted in the authoritative text of the central acts in Hindi can be made in it. All the amendments of the constitution made before such publication should be incorporated in it and second the translation in hindi of every amendment of the constitution made in english next the translation of the constitution and its every amendment published shall be construed to have the same meaning as the original text in english if any difficulty arises in this matter, the President shall cause the Hindi text to be revised suitably. Third, the translation of the Constitution and its every amendment published shall be deemed to be, for all purposes, its authoritative text in Hindi.